よよよよよよよよよよよ What is up, you sexy bastards? It is your boy Kava, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. Today, you know what it is. It's answering your questions number nine. Damn, we've already done nine of them. Y'all seem to like it, and you ask a lot of questions. If you want your questions answered in a future episode, just go to okdork.com slash asknoah and submit your questions. Today, we have three questions from Sam, Luis, and David. We're going to be talking about getting feedback, which I think is one of the most powerful tools for self improvement in any aspect of our life. Number two, we're going to talk about business ideas. And three, we're going to talk about joy. In entrepreneurship and scaling a six to seven figure company and beyond. Let's get it on. Question number one from Samuel Norman. Sounds like a person who founded America. Hey, Noah, it seems like you are someone that's always asking people for feedback to improve yourself, which is awesome. What makes you say that, Sam? Just kidding. I am trying to do more of it in my own life. On the other hand, I notice a lot of people don't like receiving constructive feedback. Do you have any tips on giving constructive feedback to your coworkers or team leader without offending them? Ooh, we, Sam, I like you already. Come work it out, sumo.com slash careers. Feedback is one of the most powerful tools in the world. I was talking to someone at our, at sumo.com. He's like, hey, I want to be a better speaker. And the two things I, he's like, can I have some feedback about it? And I said, one, record when you give speeches and interact with other people. And then two, at the end of your meetings or as you interact with people at the end of it, just ask for feedback. And in our leadership meeting, we ask for feedback at the end of it. Our town halls, we ask for feedback. So it sounds like there's a few things. I think there's actually really important ways of feedback Number one, you have to ask. Just ask. So if you don't make a sale, if you get rejected by a guy or girl, if you didn't get the thing you wanted, or if you did, just be like, hey, what did you like about it? Or what do you think I can improve? Number two, I tend to never give feedback or advice unsolicited. And I think that's a really important point. A lot of people are like, hey, I'm going to tell you something. It's like, fool, I didn't ask for your opinion. Shut the hell up. And so be really mindful about starting to give people advice or feedback that they didn't ask for it. Three, when you're doing feedback in general, I do ask for a lot of feedback. So I have my relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg. I ask some of my best friends. One, be very intentional about how many people you're asking for feedback. I have noticed recently when I'm asking for like 10 people, what do you think I should do? Or give me feedback about this. It's like, all right, well, I'm just not willing to hear the right answer or the hard answer when I know it myself. So if you're asking a lot of people for feedback about the same thing, that means you're just avoiding the problem. But what the other thing with that is ask intentional people. If you're asking someone who's not successful and they're giving you feedback about success, it's like, mm, I don't know about that. You know, a lot of people love to give advice about parenting that don't have kids. Shut the hell up. So I think there's an important point there about being intentional about how you ask for feedback. One of the ways we do feedback in AppSumo is called T3B3. I've talked about this a little bit in the past, but I even think it's T1B1. And so we're doing, we do a biannual feedback across the company where People get to give it to the company and people get to give it to each other as well as themselves. What I've learned, there's a book called Work Rules by Laszlo Bach, I believe. Highly recommend. He worked at Google. And one of the things I've taken away and I like about that is just ask for one thing. Be like, what's one thing you like I'm doing and what is one thing you want me to improve? What I've realized is that when you ask for like, give me a bunch of feedback, it's like, I don't know, you get 18,000 things and it's like, okay, well, which of these things should I actually be doing? And, and it's really hard to, to make progress on that. I think other things with feedback is you have to do it regularly on the things that you want to improve on. Like it, and you really can feedback on anything. Like, hey, how's my business going? Ask your customers. How's the relationship going? How am I as, a, as an employee? How am I as a leader? How am I as a friend? And then guess what? They're going to tell you and you can make it better. One thing I do with feedback is I write it the hell down and I look at it often. So I have a thing that's called Noah's Lane of Leadership. I don't know. That's just what I call it. And it's at the top of my notes and it's saved. And so the you know feedback that I have is just like step in more with marketing. So that's a lot of what I'm doing at AppSumo. I think there's a lot for me to add there. But I think a key thing is as you're getting feedback, make sure you're looking at it frequently. 
Now, your question specifically, Sam Ewell Norman, God, it just sounds like Sam Adams, was how do you give constructive feedback? People don't like receiving constructive feedback. Do you have any tips on giving it to other people? So the number one thing I do always with feedback, number one is ask for permission. So if it's tips on giving it, if they didn't ask for it, then I generally won't give it. If it's someone that reports to you, I always just ask permission. I'm like, hey, Samuel, can I give you feedback about how you ask this question? And they could say no. And if they say no, then I don't give it to them. And I think that's step number one. Number two with feedback, what I've noticed that I've done incorrectly is that I'm not specific. It's like, hey, I really like for you to have more ownership. It's like, what does that mean, Noah? <laughs> what, what I've worked on is that if I'm giving feedback to someone, be very specific. So for instance, uh, I met with our marketing team about a promotion we're doing in September. And I didn't like what we called it. And I didn't like some of these things. And so I historically, I'm like, hey, can I give some feedback? And I'd give it and it's like, I don't like it. And they're like, okay, well, what don't you like? And so it, now it's like, well, here's what I, here's some ideas of what I think I would change. So it's very more specific about it so that they can actually work on it. I think it's just like a, a key part of the feedback is being very specific about it. Another component of giving feedback is also culturally. So I was in Israel last week and there's no fluff. It's like, hey, you suck, fix this, which is kind of nice. It's kind of relieving. And so it does depend on the relationship and the culture of the company that you're in. So at AppSumo, we have a thing called feedback as a gift. And it's, it's something that I encourage all the time. Let, let's debrief this. Let's get feedback on this. Let's see how we can improve it. And it's something I'm encouraging, but that's also part of the culture uh, of our company. So final thoughts about feedback. Sam, your, your question was how tips on giving constructive feedback without offending them. I don't think feedback should ever be offensive. I think the, the number one thing is that you need to ask them if they want the feedback as well. I think there's something interesting, Samuel, where you're, you know, I'm curious how much you ask them for feedback about yourself. But if it's constructive in a productive way and people are accepted it, then yeah, I think that's going to be a great thing. If you give it unsolicitedly, I think is where you have problems. The only last thought I, I, would, I would give Samuel is, in the, this question was about how to give it to others. Maybe there's something about yourself to ask for it. So anyone's listening now, like, what's something you want to improve your life? Is it your tennis game? Is it your writing ability? Is it your relationship? Is it your mental health? Maybe ask someone you respect for, for some feedback. And I think you'll be surprised if you say, hey, what's one thing you, you'd recommend? When someone's outside of the fishbowl is what I like to call it, uh, it's a lot easier for them to uh, help you see where to improve. Question number two, Luis Melhoranca. Damn, that's a great name. When looking for business ideas, one might think money is the only drive in metrics. What else is there besides money, Luis? But, <laughs> but how do I look for ideas that will have some positive impact on the world? Is that, <laughs> is that even possible? Luis, let me tell you, money is the only thing that matters, dude. I don't, I don't know what's impacting the world. Sounds yada, yada, yada. Sounds millennial to me. No, I'm just playing on that, man. Um, there's a lot and a little in this question. So when people are looking for business ideas, I think that's sometimes the wrong approach. I don't generally try to look for a business idea. I try to find pain and I look for pain in myself. I look for what's a problem that I would just like solved. And so I really would start with that. So a, a problem of, is it hard for me to find good coffee? Is it hard to get food delivered where I'm at in Spain? Is it really annoying? Like for instance, right now to get a VAT refund, whatever the hell that means in Europe is a real pain in the butt. And so, oh man, I'd love to have a service that is, oh, that's kind of an interesting, like how painful is it? I believe if you're the number one customer and you're happy with whatever you can solve, then you're always going to be satisfied whether you make it a big business or not. So I would start from there in terms of business ideas. And a lot of times when people are looking for business ideas, the reality is that they're just avoid doing work and it's easier and fun to like buy things and re research things and listen to podcasts and do all that stuff. Besides the hard part of going up to a customer or for me, like talking to a girl on the street, like it's uncomfortable, but that's the part that moves you forward to a goal that you want to be accomplishing. So in terms of business ideas, I'm just going to give you a few free ones. Start a YouTube channel about anything you're interested in. 
sell anything online on Etsy, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, or wherever you are in the world. Go and help someone on a to-do list that they have. Clean someone's place, do someone's laundry, mow someone's lawn, clean someone's pool. There's basic stuff like drive Uber. There's guaranteed stuff where you can control the revenue dials that I would highly encourage you to be thinking about. So looking for business ideas is the easy part. Doing it is the hard part. Now, you were talking about positive impact on the world and is it even possible? I remember about 15 years ago as I was working on startups and trying my own businesses, I always used to say in my 20s, like, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. And, and someone asked, I think it was a rabbi, actually, maybe, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was my mom. And they said, well, how many people do you need to change to change the world? I was like, what do you mean? A lot. It's like, well, how many? I don't know, a million. He's like, well, why a million over 10? And why 10 over one? And why one over a billion? When you go to heaven or wherever you end up, there's not like an express lane for how many people you've impacted. I think there's an express lane for do you feel like your life had meaning for what you wanted? And so I think when you're setting this big thing about positive impact on the world, really almost everything should have a positive impact on the world. Unless you're like robbing or killing or like creating a new drug that like fentanyl and you're killing people, like that's probably having a negative impact on the world. But you know, maybe even some people enjoy it. So what I would encourage you is I think when you're thinking so big about how big of a positive impact, it's kind of holding you back from starting today. And really almost anything you work on can find meaning and can have a positive impact. Like if you're making games, like I was working on games back in the day and I was like, I hate this. I think people are wasting their time, but there's other people who make games and love making it. And they're like, man, I'm entertaining the world. I'm giving people things to do. I'm helping people improve their reflexive skills. So do I think it's possible? Hell yes. And pretty much anything you're doing that's a business, if you believe it's helpful and it's making an impact, then yeah, you're doing the right thing. I was working on my TikTok channel, which is tiktok.com at Noah Kagan. I was putting out content earlier on that I did not think was making a positive impact. I thought a lot of the content and ideas and videos I was putting out I just did not think were helpful. I did not think they were beneficial. I thought when I watched them, I'm like, I, I cringed. And I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm wasting people's time. So I would also check in with yourself about what kind of impact you want to have. Focus on just one person. And as long as you're doing it for yourself and one other person, you're doing a great thing. And that's a positive impact that's making the world better. You know, with our YouTube channel or with AppSumo.com deals, a lot of the time I try to disconnect myself from the revenue or the views or the subs or the followers or any of the stuff. And I'm like, am I proud of what I put out? And do I think it's helping people in the way that I'm hoping it should? And if I'm okay with that, then that satisfies it. Because if you rely on external or quantification about how many people to impact, like that can never end. And when you get to a million people that have bought your product or reviewed your thing or done this, whatever that, it's like, what then? Um, it's just kind of arbitrary. And so I think find the things that are, are sustainable, that are s satisfying to you, and you're proud that you think are really helping yourself and, and other people. Uh, the most important thing for you, Luis, and a lot of people who want to have their own businesses, just start today. Like, go hit up one friend and be like, hey, is there, you have a business going on, or you have uh, kids you need babysat. Like, let me just help you with one thing, even if it's for free. Uh, and I think you can make a lot more progress than you realize. Question three from David Bencroft. Damn, he sounds like a Brit. I love Brits. Hello, Noah. I am currently 31 years old, running an e-commerce business, doing six figures in annual revenue. And I am grinding six days a week, trying to scale it to a seven-figure-a-year online business. I noticed many successful entrepreneurs like yourself mentioned that they wish they would have enjoyed the journey more when they were starting out. Can you elaborate on what that means for you? David Bancroft, thank you for the question. As you guys are submitting questions at okdork.com slash asknoah for future episodes, be more specific and like tell me your e-commerce business. One, I can give you a shout out in the show, but it also makes it a little bit easier for me to dive in to see what the difference is between us, you know, how to get from six to seven and it's from seven to eight and eight to nine. When I started AppSumo, and to be clear, a lot of our narratives and nostalgia about things are lies. It's how we think they were versus how they actually are, are two different things. But when I started AppSumo, it wasn't a grind ever. For the first year, it was, to me, I was mostly alone. And it was just all about, like, what's a tool I want? And can I get a deal on it? 
And it wasn't really a grind. I didn't have an outcome. I didn't have a destination. Like, I want this to be a million dollar company or I want this to be a billion dollar company. Or, I want to have a hundred people working here. I didn't want anything. I was like, I want to make 3000 bucks. I want to get awesome deals on software. And if I can have other people buy it too, like this would be really cool. And that was it. It was never a grind. So I think the word grinding is interesting. And I think in life, historically, a lot of the times I thought, all right, if I work really hard, I can coast. And that's just not the case. What the case is, is it should be about sustainability. That's really what I'm about now. So with the YouTube channel, my intent is not how many subs, like if I get 100,000 or 100 or a billion or whatever that is, it's like, how do I do this for 10 years? And so I think it's amazing. Give yourself credit. I hope you are. A lot of people I know, including myself, don't get, give enough credit to ourselves, not arrogance or cockiness, but dude, you built a six-figure company. This is awesome. In terms of enjoying the journey more, I think even you asking that question is a great, you know, sometimes just asking the question, what you said, which is how can you enjoy the journey more is you recognizing, Hey, I'm working really hard. How do I appreciate what I've done or what my customers are doing or what I'm selling a little bit more? Maybe that, you know, at AppSumo, one of the things we do is like max post once a week, a customer story. And it's awesome. It's like, Hey, here's my journey of being a customer. And here's how AppSumo has helped me. And it's like, damn, that's cool. And that's enjoying the journey. Another story I think about, or another few stories I think about, and hopefully this helps you is about bike riding. And a lot of times when I'm bicycling, I'm thinking about the destination. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to get to the end of this bike ride and like all this stuff. And, and I remind myself, you know, pretty frequently during the pain of the bike ride, during the scenery of the bike ride, during when I'm like not focused on anything, but just like getting up the hill. I'm like, this is the whole point. Why are we such in a rush to get to the end? And I, I just remind yourself of that. So as you're doing some shit email or as your customer's complaining or as you're doing something like, be like, oh yeah, this is the whole point. The other side of that on the bike ride is also to smile. So as you know, find the things of your work that aren't a grind and maybe spend more time in those. For instance, like at AppSumo.com, you know, I, I'm back CEO, which egotistically is really cool. And it's really fun. I love the team. I love our partners. I love our customers. I love this whole like running a company stuff. But it's not my excellency. It's like HR or people team. I don't know, dude. Like, I just want them to be happy and get paid real fat and enjoy their lives and work, you know, enough to, to make progress. But I don't, I don't really care. Like health benefits, whatever you want. But marketing, promotion, branding talking to that kind of stuff. Oh my God, I could do it all day long. And, and it's never a grind. Like I want, if I could have my whole week in that, I'm not, it's not a grind. It's butter baby. Or I don't know. Maybe I grew up with margarine. If you guys even know what that was. And so I would figure out in your company about the grind part from six to seven figures. It sounds like one, what's the areas you want to spend more time in Two, Can you stop doing some things or like hire people or bring, bring in software? Absolutely.com. You can get really affordable, great software to help get to that next level of business. In terms of the joining the journey more right now, I'll tell you one mindset shift that's been a, a dramatic improvement for me at the AppSumo.com experience. I've been back a little over a year and a half, and I don't know how, where it came from, but my number one mindset as CEO and running a company is how can I enjoy the problems that we're facing more? Isn't that kind of interesting? And I thought it was just really interesting. So when people ask me about it, I'm like, man, we have a lot of problems and I love it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where it came from. Maybe I was on the toilet or something, but just thinking that way has really shifted how I think about everything going on in our company, where I'm like, I love that we have problems. And it's just like, oh, there's a people problem over here. Okay, cool. That's like really interesting to solve. And oh, our marketing is not doing certain things. Like, okay, cool. That's a great new problem. And our customers, we need to understand them better. Our partners aren't getting something else. It's like, oh, cool, more great problems. And then, you know, obviously prioritizing which one's most important. But shifting to enjoy the problems focuses on the experience and not the destination. And so there's, there's real beauty in that, man. There's real beauty in just like shifting your mindset about how the things are going on. Uh, last thing about enjoying the journey uh, when they were starting out 
I guess I, I would talk about relationships. Uh, it's a similar parallel, right? I'm thinking, oh man, you know, for any of us in, in relationships, it's like, oh, when you finally have a kid, life will be complete. Or when you finally find a husband or wife, it'll be complete. Or when we finally get a house, it'll be complete. And I will say definitely when I've got a house, I was like, wow, yeah, I guess I'll, get, I'll, I'll share that as a story and a parallel to it. But it's like, oh, I got the house. And I'm like, I am definitely happier. But now I'm in Spain for the summer and I'm like, I have a small little apartment here. I'm like, I'm pretty just as happy. But I created so much stress along the way to get that house and it, it kind of ruined the process, right? I was just like, I need this house. And I, and I finally got it. And I was much happier, but I have regrets and a learning, which was, could I have just relaxed and enjoyed more the experience to get to the house? Because I, I, I'm going to get there either way. But yeah, it's like, why don't I smile more during the process and learn from that? And one of the things I wrote down and I, I think about it almost every single day, it's definitely one of the themes of my life right now is it's all going to work out. Like if you're a hardworking, motivated person, which if you're listening to this podcast, I think I do believe you are, it's going to work out. You are a motivated person. You do get shit done. You will follow through with things. You are reliable and it will end up working out. And so what I'm telling myself and, and really internalizing is that let's not create so much stress and internal conflict and tension internally along the way and enjoy the uncertainty, enjoy some of the discomfort, enjoy the up, enjoy a little bit of the down and the sadness and trust that it will all work out for you, David, Luis, and Samuel. All right, you, you sexy bastards. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A episode. I really do enjoy these. I'm kind of surprised uh, how much there's to share, how much I enjoy asking you guys asking questions. Uh, go to okdork.com slash asknoah to submit a question. Uh, AppSumo.com. If you all are not subscribed to AppSumo.com, go to AppSumo.com slash Noah. Join the newsletter. You know, I got my own newsletter. Don't even worry about that one because you're joining AppSumo's. You're on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash okdork. I love feedback about these episodes. Uh, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Noah Kagan. Yo, dog, let's go ask each other for some feedback today. That is a wrap. This episode was dedicated to George, aka the intern, who has been a really fun person to experience. He was a listener and a subscriber, just like many of you were, and he's been involved in, in helping us do podcasts and so many things over the years. Uh, really appreciate it. He's got a, a great attitude, and he's just a, he's a quirky person, which is, uh, I'm glad I got to experience him and, and each other uh, in our lifetime, and I wish him all his dreams and more come true. Have a nice day. What's your favorite brand of water? Y'all know my name's Fiji.